Maybe you're not spending your day-to-day inside the bubble of formal education. And so it may not be quite as glaring to you how focused the field is lately on the ages-old question, what will you be when you grow up? I take that to mean a bunch of different things. I mean, first off, is it new really? I'm not sure if it just seems we're more focused on this issue or it's just a spicy lunch causing reruns. Here's a report I found. Certain activities now classified as vocational guidance have been carried on in the past by individual teachers for individual pupils. Within the past decade, marked progress has been made in organizing, developing, and systematizing those activities. It is not the purpose of vocational guidance to decide for young people in advance what occupation they should follow, nor to project them into life's work at the earliest possible moment, nor to classify them prematurely by any system of analysis, either psychological, physiological, social, or economic. Vocational guidance should be a continuous process designed to help the individual to choose, to plan their preparation for, to enter upon, and to make progress in an occupation. It calls for a progressive improvement of the public school system and a fuller and more intelligent utilization of its richly diversified offerings. That's from a report of the Commission on Reorganization of Secondary Education appointed by the National Education Association in 1918. So there's that. But maybe now more than ever before, we're invested in what young people are planning for their future because the planet depends on it. We desperately need for contributions to societies to be well aligned with our contemporary needs, so much so that we will invest at every age in an understanding of how to plan for what's next. Maybe. Or maybe the guise of career and technical education affords us the room we need to experiment, to cross arbitrary boundaries previously set to make education more efficient, but that now create unnecessary tension between progressive pedagogy and the infrastructure we spent a century scaling to deliver it. Let's meet our guests. I'm Kristen McKenna, and I'm the Director of College and Career Readiness for Madera Unified. Allison Rocco, Principal at Madera Technical Exploration Center, also known as MTech. And I'm Theron Cosgrave. I'm a lead consultant for uh, Swanson and Cosgrave Consulting, and uh, I have the privilege of working with these fine folks at Madera Unified. This gang are a few among a team in the Central Valley of California building a new kind of learning experience. Imagine your eighth grader doing part of their day, core subjects, in school and then busing or walking, we didn't really get into that, over to a technical exploration center where they'll gain career exposure through experiences that are carefully curated by subject area teachers, career specialists, and others who are uniquely geared to join hands-on experience with what we often sadly refer to as content knowledge. I say sadly because content is one of those words I have a hard time getting jazzed about no matter what. Even if you threw it inside a bouncy house and drizzled it in caramel like a candy apple, my 13-year-old self would likely skip content in favor of just about anything. Anyhow, my point is, this could be pretty cool, right? I especially like how these educators refer to this unique middle school experience as an opportunity to get to know students on a deeper, individualized level 
to observe each in the context of real skills and real scenarios and help to tune their noticing of what they're really good at. Maybe even connecting passions and skills to what they'll do next. Not like next as in when they're adults, but next like as in the next project, maybe the next grade. Maybe next like you'll go find a mentor in your community. You get the idea. Madera Technical Exploration Center is slated to open its doors to 8th graders in September of 2020. Even if it is 100 years since that report I dug up on the internet, go donate to archive.org, by the way. Maybe we can stop thinking of workforce readiness as a fad and recognize instead that it might be the most lasting goal of modern education. Not to make workers out of young people, but to arm every young person with appropriate tools to determine how they'll contribute to their world. It would be a lot easier to just parse our talent and skip the agency piece. No doubt the difference between an American education and many. And yes, you could argue that the system has failed in this respect. What with the problems of tracking students? But isn't that strengthening the argument that this innovation, the one we'll talk about with this group, is perfectly timed. Maybe modern education is just riddled with hundred-year problems, and that to stop iterating is the only real failure. Whatever it is, so far, I'm excited about this for the young people in Madera, California. This is No Such Thing, a podcast about the promise and reality of learning with technology. I'm Mark Lesser. Thank you. So, Allison, tell me about Madera. Tell you about Madeira. Well, what do you want to know? Uh, it's filled with a very family-based community. So it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck community and your neighbors are watching you in the streets and taking care of you. And you all go to church together on Sunday and there's ag land all around you. And um, it's always been a place that I've been proud to call home because the people there are so loving and giving and supportive and they just want to see the best from those around them. And they're just always in, I don't know, that's just full of hardworking, loving people. I noticed that um, as I was doing some uh, internet stalking of all things Madeira, um, I noticed you guys have a high school robotics championship under your belt in the last year. We did. And I think for me, that's not, that's not the reason why I stayed in Madera, but as a, I, so I started as a CTE teacher in agriculture in Madera Unified. Um, and our ag department is one of the largest in the nation. And we just, the amount of support and community partners and people that always had our back just really made everything feel like community. And when I stepped into this, the coordinator and now the director role, as we build out CTE pathways, just the level of people that commit to our students. And robotics is a great example. We have countless industry mentors that work with the kids. Um, You know, we kind of call it our worst to first story. When the robotics team started, uh, Madtown 1323 started, you know, 10, 12 years ago now, they were at the bottom of the pack all the time. And, you know, with some getting the industry mentorships going, getting students involved and really providing the resources to the team to see them go from literally worse to the world championships. Um, World champions just last year has been an amazing kind of opportunity for our students. And it's really 
helping all of our CTE programs overall rise to the occasion because of the competitiveness it brings out. I would imagine it does not hurt your um, your efforts. Building a new school, um, you guys are focused on a middle school age, um, and there's sort of you know there's there's something going on at Mad Tech. You guys can can talk about how you arrived at the name a little bit, but um, there's something going on there that's really special, which is uh, you guys are focused on connecting. Um, We'll, we'll call it sort of workforce readiness as a as a focus. Um, and you can correct me if, if you use other language, but uh, to the middle school age, and that's a really unique thing. It doesn't happen. I don't know of a lot of other models that are where that's happening nationally. And uh, I would imagine that having a, uh, a, a nationally recognized robotics team doesn't hurt your efforts there. Um, Take us back to the, like, what's the origin story for this school? Why is um, Madeira Unified talking about a new middle school learning experience? And, and how did CTE and, and folks who are uh, workforce readiness focused um, get involved? So the College and Career Readiness Department in Madera Unified was started six years ago. Um, and at that time, they moved our now assistant superintendent into a director role. And the following year, I was hired as a coordinator. And at the time, the task really was focused on improving high school CTE pathways overall. How do we get more work-based learning? How do we get the soft skills, the job readiness skills embedded? And once that work had started to develop, we realized there was a huge gap between what happened in the lower grade levels and high school. And so kind of a couple projects that started from that is we launched a sixth grade career exploration curriculum in all of our sixth grade classrooms to expose students to career options. And kind of at the same time, um, our superintendent who used to work um, at Center for Advanced Research and Technology in Clovis and had worked with Theron in the past at that school talked about the idea of a concurrent enrollment CTE program. And we didn't really need it at the high schools because we had specialized facilities, we had we had equipment, we had gotten a lot of grant money and we were okay there. But our middle schools had nothing in terms of career technical education, no kind of career awareness. Um, and there are older sites that didn't have the facilities necessary to host such programs. And so he kind of, and um, the director Cheryl Sissel at the time, kind of came up with the idea and the notion of what if we built a center for, at that time we were just thinking middle school, that's since developed to just eighth grade, um, where we can build specialized facilities for students to get high quality learning. And then at that point, we kind of brought Theron in um, as a consultant to start exploring what that could look like. Yeah, so the uh, the model for the school, it's, it's really built off of a concept that's um, this Center for Advanced Research and Technology, uh, which is a joint project at the high school level between uh, Fresno Unified and Clovis Unified, which is uh, our neighbors to the uh, to the south. So um, this school, in a similar fashion, will have six career-themed labs. Um, each each lab will have a CTE teacher. Uh, ELA teacher, and then one other subject, either math, science, or social studies. So it's an exciting way to um, have a career theme, kind of direct the learning 
to have um, some integrated project work. And we're hoping to really uh, engage students and kind of launch them into high school um, ready to do more hands-on learning. Mm. You guys used a phrase, concurrent, um, what did you say? Concurrent? Concurrent middle school. Middle school. Or concurrent program. And by that, just for folks who, who, you know, where the phrase isn't familiar, by that you mean this is a... Um, they're, con they're enrolled in two schools at once, and so that's kind of the concurrent enrollment. So they are enrolled in their home school, which where they will receive three subjects, and then they're also enrolled in our school where they'll be feeding their other three subjects. And so where most neighborhood schools function on boundary lines, we're taking kids from all over the district for a half-day program and kind of just making those connections between subject areas and learning to making it meaningful because kids often see subjects in isolation from each other and that's not really how we work in the normal world, right? Everything's interrelated and connected and so this kind of allows them to see how everything interconnects and relates and makes their learning really authentic. And the junior high levels tends to be where we lose kids um, nationally and so I think between hormones at that age and social things going on, they get distracted and they get off track. And so we're hoping something like this keeps them tuned into school and their learning and gives them that focus moving forward and into high school with some direction. And a lot of our kids, if they, they find something they love at the eighth grade level and can pursue it in the high school levels, a lot of them will graduate with many credits. And so it speeds up the process if they're going into college and kind of lightens the load financially if they can get ahead on credits because once they get into the high school programs, there's a lot of dual enrollment opportunity. And then for those that aren't going the college route, hopefully we're providing those skills that are necessary and transferable to the career field. And so either way, we're hoping to produce stronger students um, for whatever industry or whatever direction they take post high school. Mm. And Mark, you're also, you're really, uh, you're right on when you say this, this is a unique program uh, in that it's situated at the middle school. And it's true. I mean, we, we looked for other programs like this around the country and nobody's exactly doing it like this. Um, but the theory of change that the district has is that by placing it in the middle school, uh, they're going to be driving change both down through the, um, the K6, K7 uh, space and also up at the high school level. So you're going to have teachers working with the younger students who are going to have to get them ready for this experience. And then you're going to have teachers at the high school who are uh, getting all these students filtered through who are, who are expecting a different kind of learning. Mm. So they, uh, they're very intentional and very strategic in placing it where they are. So what are the other, um, well, let's back up. Where do you even start? Right. So the district comes up with this great idea. Like, let's come up with a uh, concurrent uh, middle school experience. Um, students will be having this amazing set of um, integrated experiences that um, not only with high school and uh, what comes after, but uh, also uh, hopefully this um, integration among subjects and, and uh, 
like, where do you even start? You guys got together, um, you uh, grabbed Theron as a consultant to this project. Uh, you just had a milestone in the last week or so where you finally have a name uh, for for this school, right? And and um, tell me about the the year or months leading up to this point. One of the one of the key sp- uh, pieces is that the district went out and got a bond. Um, they got some state facility money as well, so they've broken ground on a new facility. Um, they have some architects that have put together a beautiful design. Um, but then, I, you know, one, one of the things that I'm really proud about this district is that they um, they want to do it right, and they hired uh, Allison and they hired her whole team of teachers a year in advance. Mm. So this is the development year. So um, she's been working really hard getting her folks on board, getting them uh, to know each other. They are they are spending this year working with industry partners, working with high school CTE programs. They'll be doing uh, intensive curriculum design, and they're really building all of the systems that you need to run an innovative program like this. Uh, you know, I think a lot of districts would have hired folks maybe a month or two ahead of time and given them the summer to plan. But these guys are giving them a full year, and and they're going to need every minute mm. of it. I think too, um, what wasn't mentioned is the the pre work that was done with community, and there was a lot of pre work on where the district was currently at and where they would need to go in order to kind of have a school like this. And there were groups pulled, there were parent groups pulled, there were student groups pulled with current students, alumni students, kind of talking about an industry like what skills were needed what skills were we lacking and so there was a lot of research done prior to kicking us off um which i think led into passing that measure m because there is a strong sense of community in madera and they saw the direction this could go and how it would translate to kids and that kind of brought the buy-in for measure m i think to pass and I think a lot of that work was really foundational in where we're going and kind of brought some key elements that we're focusing on moving forward that we're making sure we incorporate in our school culture. Mm. So what were some of the findings of that work with uh, the community in the past months? Uh, one of the things we found was that there was a good deal of capacity in terms of um, potential business partners. Um, as Kristen mentioned earlier, um, a, a, a strong, uh, a strong set of partners, a strong CTE program at the high school for, um, for these, uh, six labs to connect to. Uh, we also found that the district really needed to, um, do more work around articulating what they were all about. Um, and as a result, they've put together a graduate profile and they are well on their way towards, uh, developing assessment tools and, um, starting to implement that grad profile as well. So that's acting as a, as a real framework for the instruction that's going to happen in this new school. Um, and then uh, we also found that they, they needed to uh, really start turning the, uh, the tide in terms of uh, kind of the, uh, the teaching and learning uh, approaches. There's some pockets of really good things going on, and those just need, need to spread more. So um, a lot of work around project-based learning, around... Um, uh, interdisciplinary work and uh, thinking about teaching and learning kind of in a, in a uh, 21st century sort of approach. Mm. So zooming out a little bit, you look at, um, for those listening, you should uh, check out 
Google Earth and where Madeira falls. So you guys are sort of halfway between, um, well, Fresno to the south, right? And then you have uh, basically all of Silicon Valley north by uh, by how far before you hit um, San Jose and, and that area? About two, two and a half hours. Madeira is almost the exact middle of the state. Is the idea with CTE in Madeira that um, you're keeping young people in Madeira to feed uh, ag business and the stuff that surrounds you immediately? Or is it about um, helping prepare students to go north to Silicon Valley? So, you know, it's really a combination of things. So as we develop high school CTE pathways and in turn um, the pathways here at Madera Technical Exploration Center, we make sure that they're tied to economic needs in our area, um, that there's an opportunity for students to earn a livable wage after high school. Um, and it's not to say that we think all of our students are going to stay here. Um, we want to prepare them for whatever it is that they want to do. But there's a lot of our fields here in Madera that really need high quality students that have a passion for our community. And, you know, students that have been here and learned here and have a connection here, like Ali coming back, um, really are more likely to stay. And we see that especially in healthcare. And our healthcare partners tell us, you know, we need students from Madera that want to stay in Madera um, because oftentimes we get people from other places and it's a stepping stone to somewhere else, mm. whereas our people from Madera are more likely to stay. Now, in terms of, you know, the labs we have at the middle school, agriculture is very big in Madera. Um, our number one fields are agriculture, health, um, manufacturing, and then public safety is a close fourth because there's a lot of correctional facilities in the general mm. vicinity that need people. Um, but we knew that that doesn't always speak to all students. And so for our more tech-minded students, things like arts, media, and entertainment, kind of that digital piece, um, and even some business um, aspect, there are opportunities here, but we want to give them the skills to be competitive, not only with other Madeira peers, but be competitive wherever they go in California. So I think a lot of a lot of parents, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, both of you guys, but Kristen, especially um, coming out of the sort of CTE landscape in, in California, I'm, I, to what extent do you have to explain to parents um, that how much CTE has changed and what the idea of readiness is all about? You know, it is a big shift because for so long before we went into this career technical education model, there was vocational education. And many people looked at it as a dumping ground for students that couldn't. And so as we give students options to be successful in post-secondary, whether that is two year, four years straight to career, the pathways have really changed and the rigor has changed. And we have to do a lot around parent education in terms of Many of our high school CTE pathways offer opportunities for dual enrollment, being that the student earns college credit in the high school class. They offer industry-recognized certifications. So the old tinkering in the auto shop has turned more into they're coming out as ASE certified technicians and can get entry-level jobs. Mm. Um, you know, we make sure that our students have all those opportunities for work-based learning to really guide them and find a passion earlier so maybe they're not switching majors in college two or three times. Maybe they have some more set goals. And once our parents, you know, we can talk about it all we want, but it's when our parents see things like 
FFA being successful on a national stage. It's robotics being successful on a national stage. It's the alumni highlight highlights of what our students are doing now really starts to change the picture. And I think that college credit piece is one of the things that's embedded in many of our CTE pathways that have started to guide parents to see the true opportunities that align into career technical education. You said FFA. Can you explain what that is? Um, so FFA is a career technical student organization around agriculture. Um, it actually used to stand for Future Farmers of America. Um, that's not technically a part of the name anymore. Now they're just the National FFA Organization, but it's a student-ran leadership organization centered in agriculture. Got and it. it's the largest um, career technical student organization in the United States. Wow. It's interesting as part of the graduate profile work, um, we actually did a focus group recently of Madera High uh, graduates. Uh, so these are, are kids who are in their 20s, uh, some of them were at Fresno State or other colleges across California. Some of them are in the workforce. And we asked them, uh, you know, what from your experience uh, K-12 at Madera was really rigorous and relevant? And, um, you know, what really prepared you for uh, what you're doing now? And again and again, these alums said, well, they said, that, you know, that the most uh, interesting and challenging work I did was through FFA. Or I really felt like I gained some... Um, great uh, tangible work readiness skills through uh, the nursing program that I took and the, the pathway around healthcare. Um, so again and again, students were, were referencing things like the robotics program and, and these, these uh, career technical uh, pieces. So it really kind of confirmed our suspicion that, um, that they're, they're rigorous, they're challenging, and they're relevant, and they're uh, really doing a lot to engage and prepare students. Allison, for you as a, as a principal, um, you know, you're, you're growing a new thing and, and you grew up in this, in this area, in your mind, what's, what's the ideal, what are, what are eighth graders leaving with, um, at the end of next school year, uh, that, that maybe wasn't part of your experience coming through these schools? I wouldn't say that it wasn't part of my experience, but I think sometimes it's just, showing kids what they're capable of and showing them what options are out there and have giving them the confidence to do that. I think a really important piece for me and for my site is the relationship building. Um, we all know that students don't learn from teachers that they don't like, that they have to have some buy-in to the person that they're working for. And so I think having two and a half hours with the same set of three teachers. Maybe you don't connect with all three, but you connect with two of the three, or maybe initially you don't connect, but they see how other adults interact with you and they find ways to connect. I think when you can connect with students and you can get to know them, you can make the work more relevant and you can provide the right kind of scaffolding and structures to support them. And then in doing that, you're they're, you're building their capacity. And so I think for me as a principal, the important piece is building not only the capacity of my teachers, but then, then building that capacity in students and just really training in those soft skills that are transferable that maybe aren't standards-based, but will benefit them kind of in any challenge that they face inside the classroom or outside the classroom. And so I think as a principal, that's the really, really unique piece for me to be involved in, in at this site. For somebody out there who thinks, um, I don't know who they are, but uh, for somebody out there who thinks, 
you know, relationships are great and, uh, you know, young people being building soft skills is great. But what does that have to do with career and technical education? What's your response to that person? Well, I think with the relationship piece, it's it's knowing who your kids are. Right. And so I think so oftentimes we ask kids what they want to be when they grow up and we don't spend enough time giving them the opportunity to see what they're good at and asking what they're passionate about and then helping guide them towards careers that are maybe in that realm. And so that relationship piece kind of helps you know what maybe barriers are in place that's holding a student back that maybe you wouldn't be mindful of before and then allows you to create windows of opportunity for them to move forward. And so I think you get more out of the people you're working with when you know their strengths and weaknesses and when you can kind of identify strengths for them that maybe they don't see in themselves and then encourage them down that path. And so that's kind of where I see that relationship piece building in. Kristen and Theron, do you? Yeah, the the other piece is that no matter what career they're in, they're going to need skills like collaboration, uh, critical thinking, problem solving, communication, and, and those pieces are being embedded deeply into each of these six uh, career-themed labs. So it's, a, it's an important part of their preparation. Mm. So the, the devil's advocate question is, shouldn't that just be part of schooling? Um, like, why, why am I sending my kid to a concurrent technical program to get these basics when I feel like they should, you know, like, why can't they just go to school like I did? And I think that's a fair assessment. I think what's unique about this school and what it offers in addition to that is those things are embedded and they're embedded with employers and industry partners feedback um, strategically. But Mm -hmm. I think it also allows students to explore the passion. So they'll be able to choose between the ag lab, the healthcare lab, the public safety lab, the manufacturing and engineering lab, art, uh, digital and performing arts, and business. And so students get to pick a focus that can become their passion and they get to be hands-on and they get to present their work to an authentic audience um, through the industry partners and um, pathway advisories that we've established. Um, their state-of-the-art facilities with the newest equipment to get the students ready for whatever it may be. And as important as it is for students to find what they're passionate about, it's important for them at a young age to find what they don't like. And so maybe they have an experience and realize, oh, yeah, healthcare wasn't for me. Um, I realized I really don't like the, you know, face-to-face patient care portion, but maybe I do like some of the back office stuff. Or I really don't like blood and I don't even want to be anywhere (laughs) near it. So. That's giving students the opportunity to find what they're not passionate about is just as important um, for them to find something they are interested in. Yeah. So I think, I think about, as I'm sure um, maybe you guys do, whether it's your own kids or, or family members or um, yourselves at 10 and 11 years old. Um, but I think, I think about my kids and, and, I think it's especially hard, especially for for parents who have an, a kind of old school perspective about what about sort of votech, right? And uh, what career and technical education looked like when they were kids. It's hard um, to then reframe and think about career and technical education as um, as a context that is appropriate at the middle school age and. 
I wonder, so in this planning year, to what extent are you guys talking about how to help young people navigate some of those choices, right? Because I, that's that's where I see this a really interesting moment in middle school is you, you suddenly have young people who are nearing this place in their development uh, where they have a lot of choices to make. And, and to me, you know, from the outside, I'm not plant part of your planning, it feels like you have the opportunity to build something that um, helps young people make choices. And um, how, how do you do that? How do you keep it from being the question of what do you want to be when you grow up as opposed to, um, you know, what are the things you want to try out? Uh, what things, what things fire you up when you see them in context here in, you know, in a state of the art lab or, uh, what are the tools that excite you? Like, how does that look? And, and what do you, in this planning year, how, what part of the school culture or the curriculum are sort of focused on, um, young people as, as mm, choice makers? You know, one of the, uh, the great things about the way that this model is being set up is, they put a lot of thinking into how that all works. So at the sixth grade, they have some career um, kind of career exploration um, curriculum that's being embedded into uh, that level. They have a seventh grade wheel that they've now started um, where three different teachers rotate between their three comprehensive middle schools and seventh graders are going to get a touch of uh, several different career themes there. Uh, as they start to think about what they're interested in, they'll have this program at the eighth grade, and then they have uh, they can still um, find their way into any of the pathways that are available at the high school level. Um, this doesn't determine for them at all their trajectory uh, in nine through twelve. So, you know, but I think you know one of the things we're talking about in terms of um, getting the word out to parents and community to um, to students uh, in terms of recruiting recruiting students is really to emphasize the fact that we're not expecting 13-year-olds to dis- determine their, their careers. Um, what we are doing is we're creating uh, an opportunity to hang their learning on something that's, that's you know, potentially exciting to them now. Mm. Um, so I think that that's an important message that we're going to really have to be thoughtful about how we, um, how we uh, get that out and make sure that everyone understands that um, – Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of choice, but by no means is it uh, binding. Um, Yeah, you might find something you're super excited about, but as Kristen mentioned, you also might find something that you don't like, and that's okay, too. Mm. And I think even after, you know, once the school's open and there's students there doing projects and doing things, we know we're going to have some kind of community open houses um, and showcases where the students can show off what they've done and learned. And we hope that that's also a good avenue for the community and parents to see what students are doing at the eighth grade level that will look very different than a traditional middle school. And that'll help to be something that um, creates that reputation that we're hoping for. Hmm. One of the questions I had about the design phase is, is, to what extent, you, you know, so you look at, if, you, if anybody uh, checks out Madeira um, and you look at things like census numbers, um, Madeira is like an 80% Latino, uh, Latino population, right? Yep. Um, tidbit, my, my uh, fact of the day was, uh, so Madeira is wood, right? Is that... 
That is correct. It's um, founded on an old lumber town. Yeah. So I thought it was, you know, thematically just interesting that we're talking about, um, we're talking in the 21st century about what it looks like to help young people through their development be thinking about um, the future and uh, in a place where, you know, the town was really founded on uh, by a lumber company um, and on, a, you know, people who, who came there for jobs and, and to do a really specific thing. So now wedged in between Silicon Valley and uh, an amazing, you know, entertainment uh, and so much going on south of you. And um, it's just really interesting to think about the roots of, um, of Madeira. But so to what extent, you know, are your students, your families, um, uh, you know, the, the population that you serve part of this design and, and how does that come out in some of these pieces that you're designing right now? I would say the most recent experience that I can talk to is naming of the school. We involved our current seventh grade students in kind of providing their feedback on the names that were going to the board and what name they felt was mo- like recognized the school the best and that they would most attach to. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped influence our board in naming our school. And so it's finding little opportunities like that to start getting their investment in our school and in their future is by polling them when we can or involving them in the process when we can to help make decisions. We will have other opportunities this year where we push out to the four K-8s and the three intermediates to get student feedback on maybe lessons that we've designed or things that we're thinking about doing on campus. And so involving them as we can in the planning process while we don't have students and then continuing that involvement moving forward and creating maybe student leaders who help go out for the recruitment when we go out to seventh graders and involving them in building kind of that school culture and community with us is important for me at least. So my hope when we set out to have this conversation was that we'd have a series of conversations we could talk throughout the year. I think a lot of people are curious about what it's like to plan uh, plan a school experience. And um, you guys doing something really unique in that uh, you're bringing some of this focus to middle school, I think are gonna have a lot to teach along the way. I'm curious. Uh, we are just into October of 2019. Um, you're in the first phase of the planning for this year. And I have a, a few questions like let's let's do some predicting um, next year. Uh, opening of school is a raging success. What do you think that's going to hinge on? What what is the highest priority for you all? Building relationships among students and with teachers. Um, I think the collaboration piece is huge this year amongst teachers and then for them modeling that for students, but then kind of just the coordination coordination of subjects. I think kids are going to see that the work they're doing is more meaningful. And so instead of them having 50 minutes of three different periods and homework in each and tests in all those classes on the same nights that they're getting, you know, two and a half to three hours around three subjects that's all interrelated, that's tying all the um, learning together and that the assessments are aligned or that they're timed out. And so I just think that the the knowledge retained on the subjects and 
what they're learning and how they're learning it will just be really powerful. And I think kids are, it's going to be by word of mouth. I think next year they're going to be talking on their campuses and I think they're going to be going back and talking about their experience and the kids that aren't involved are going to wish they had done this in eighth grade. And so hopefully they're telling the seventh graders, Hey, I didn't sign up to go to Madera or Mad Tech, but you know, you've got to do it. My friends are coming back saying this or that they're showing their siblings or they're coming home with projects or kids are seeing what they're producing and it's in the papers and it's in the news and it's being displayed. And I, I think that the work that the kids produce and how they produce it will create a buzz, hopefully, that will push us into the next year with even higher numbers. I think, too, the opening of a new school presents some really natural opportunities for projects. So I can see the Ag Lab uh, designing and uh, planting some of the landscaping around the, the facility. I can see the uh, digital media lab starting to shoot recruitment videos. Mm -hmm. I can see the um, manufacturing lab building some uh, cabinetry and furniture for different corners of the facility. Um, and there's just all, all, all sorts of really natural, authentic uh, opportunities um, that are only there once. <laughs> Uh, but for an op opportunities for kids to really feel invested in, in uh, hey, we're, we're, we're part of the, the launching. We're the first class to go through this place. And um, we get to do some, some learning and to create some products that have a real audience. So I, I'm really excited by that, too. So, Kristen, from a, from a CTE perspective, what, what do you hope that Madera Unified can um, – how how does this serve an, as an exemplar to the rest of the state? So it's definitely unique. And there has been a lot of grant money in California lately to improve CTE. Um, and they look at like the quality elements and they've defined those and how, how do they fit um, within each program. And there's different things in all of our pathways that we're working towards. But I think that this creates a really unique opportunity because people aren't quite sure by and large in the state yet of what to do at the middle school level. And, you know, we have actually had some contact from some other people that have heard that we're starting this work and what are you doing and how are you doing it? And um, it's, you know, we were fortunate that we passed a school bond. So Measure M passed in the community that is going to build us a beautiful facility. But there are going to definitely be opportunities that we can, that any school could really model after and do some kind of elective on a general campus on a smaller scale. I think our seventh grade wheel that we're currently offering that really lets students explore six different industries also provides an opportunity to start earlier because we know that high school is too late. Oftentimes what happens for our students is they sit down at the end of their eighth grade year with a counselor and the counselor shows them our really pretty pathway charts and says, here's the 23 pathways Madera Unified offers. What do you want to do? And on some of those pathway charts, there's terminology that they don't understand, like fabrication. Well, that's really just ag welding and you're making something. But for the student, they may not know or the counselor may not know. Or it turns into Allie's my best friend and she's taking culinary, so I'm going to as well. And so everyone right now, I would say in the state, is looking at opportunities for career exploration at that middle school level. And our funding has gotten flexible to allow us to do so. And so now under new Perkins regulations, we're able to provide some funding into the middle school level to build these programs. And so 
I feel like everyone's kind of waiting to watch each other to see what's going to happen at the middle school level. And I feel like we just kind of jumped in and figured out something that we feel is going to work for our students and our demographics Mm. um, that hopefully will be a model for other schools. So you mentioned Perkins, and one of the one of the things that I try to do on this show is is for particularly for folks who are listening from outside of the the bubble of K twelve education. Um, just to ex- I, I will explain quickly that Perkins is a is a uh, stream of funding uh, that comes from the federal government uh, to specifically in this case to. F- fund uh, to support career and technical education and and uh, and sort of readiness efforts um, and under I, I, I guess it's under every student succeeds act um, there were some changes to Perkins right that that help us um, extend some of what that means down into the lower grades correct yes got it right Fist pump. Um <laughs> And we're excited. I mean, in K-12 education, we're excited for the flexibility to start earlier and be able to use some specialized grant funds because you can't run a successful CTE class or pathway at any level without equipment and resources that model the industry sector you're in. And so how do we create that workplace environment with the same types of materials that our industry partners are using? Um, And Perkins helps allow us to do that because... A brand new manufacturing, a piece of equipment can cost, and we just bought one last year for our championship robotics team, $60,000 for one piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's the exact same piece of machinery that our local manufacturers are using. So it's very powerful when students can learn on the same types of equipment. Can you give me one example in the new school of a a piece of equipment that'll be there that is industry standard? Um, So we Uh, will, in the manufacturing and the ag lab, have... um, multi-processor welders that are capable of um, MIG, arc welding, and TIG welding for students to learn on, um, as well as some smaller CNC machines. Um, So at the middle school level, they're a little bit smaller than what we would have in the high school, but they're good introductory machines to what the high school has, which is the same as what the industry has. One of the pieces of equipment that we're really excited about in the facility that brings in tech is an anatomage table which is a digital table that lays down. It's about the size of a human body. Um, And students get to explore body systems and the effect of high blood pressure on body systems or the effect of smoking on. And so it's this digital table that students can touch. Like a digital cadaver and you can program it Mm -hmm. different. So you can feel the way they scan and just look at the muscles or you can look at the bones. You can program it to have a respiratory system where the kids have to find that problem and why and diagnose it and then come up maybe with solutions that they could provide this patient to improve um, their health. And so you can stand it up or lay it down and it does all sorts of different things, but it's, a really cool learning tool for them to use. And you can even use it for testing. You can program it to kind of quiz kids. And so you can set them up. And we have them in our, <laughs> yes. And we have them in our high school programs. Too, and our teachers. Yo, um, I love Ellie it. and I, I got to play with one, one just last week. <laughs> oh my word. That sounds so much fun. Um, 
So uh, before we wrap up, and, and I appreciate you guys staying a little long, and we had, uh, and bearing with me for some technical difficulties at the start, um, tell me next time we talk, we're going to talk in a few months and uh, talk about progress and, and see where you guys are. What are some of the questions you hope, like what's, what's the most pressing question on your mind that you hope to have answered in a few months from now? Maybe we can actually direct, <laughs> I feel like direct some folks your way. the next big step or the next big project is really looking at how we integrate these three subjects together through the career lens. And so the teachers have been doing a lot of visits to our CT classrooms. They're going to do educator externships by the time we ne- we talk next where they're going to actually get to go into workplaces. Because, um, you know, our CT teachers have some workplace skills in the specific industry, but our English and our core teachers, maybe not. And so they need to see it in action and in practice. Um, but I think that curriculum piece and starting to bring everything together is kind of the big next project. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, for that piece as well. I get to uh, work with the teachers uh, in the next couple months on that and and help to start designing interdisciplinary projects um, that meet kind of our, our framework of what high quality uh, PBL looks like. So super exciting next piece. I think the other the other uh, thing that needs to happen is to start to do um, some more uh, PR work, right? So go out to the community, uh, start talking with the seventh grade students and parents and uh, start getting them signed up for this program. Remind me the three subjects well, again that the we CTE are integrating. focus in English and then within the six labs, two as their third subject have math, two have social science and two have science. So it's their CTE their English, and then one other course subject. Guys, I really can't thank you enough. I'm so excited to follow your progress. Um, Madera Unified uh, in Central Valley of California, uh, Mad Tech stands for Madera right. Technical Exploration Center. We're going to follow your progress. I can't thank you enough for being here this morning, and, and thanks for sticking with thanks me through the, uh, the tech. Our pleasure. Thanks. For more info about advertising with us, charitable sponsorship, or if you have show ideas you want to share, find me on Twitter, at M.A. Lesser. The tracks in this podcast were produced by Leroy Tindy, a guest in episode zero, an Ithaca bomber, an engineer of digital things and fresh beats. Find him on SoundCloud at Air Tindy Beats. No Such Thing is produced by me, Mark Lesser, a learner like you, and our show notes can be found at nosuchthingpodcast.org. 